Patriots. This is Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. Bringing you insight from outside the mainstream, I am your host, Ryan. We have a special guest on today's show, and we are talking about the state and direction of the Republican Party. Next, on Living with Liberty. special guest joining me this week. No, I am biased, of course, but I know you will find our wide-ranging conversation on the state of the Republican Party and conservatives in general informative and enlightening. Now, our conversation was focused a lot on local candidates having just gone through uh, the Republican primary, just the, the partisan primary here in Wisconsin, so that, that's the top of mind right now. But I know you will be able to take our examples and apply them to your local candidates and parties. I also want to let you know the interview ended up being audio only. My camera froze and quit working partway through. And the content that we had up to that point was just too good to try and recreate. So the conversation with my special guest is audio only. But the show must go on, right? Anyway, without further ado, here is our take on the state of the Republican Party. Here with me today is a good friend of mine, Adrienne Melby. Adrienne is a fierce patriot who has fought for medical freedom when our school board decided that our kids needed to keep wearing masks. She helped me immensely in my school board run. And most recently, she has been pushing our county GOP to be more transparent, which we should all want of our political leaders and parties. Welcome to the show, Adrian. How are you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. It's um, uh, it's uh, a lot of this. What we'll talk about today is things I've been talking about on the show about, uh, particularly the Republican Party and how they just don't seem to get it. Um, you've had, <laughs> yeah, I'll say this: you have been a major pain in their ass over at least the last six months, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I've just sat back with my popcorn and watched. Um, You've had quite the battle against our county party. Has it been Rojo's popcorn? Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. (laughs) I don't know. That would be uh, that would be appropriate, I think. (laughs) Uh, You've been battling everything from the transparency, from just the secrecy around the party, into how they're electing board members, who's being elected to the board. Um, and why they're being elected to the board to really just our primary. There was just really an unethical naming 
of the campaign office in in our uh, in our town here, really, where they set it up. I mean, I think that was really for sure uh, the, to call it a GOP campaign party that or campaign headquarters that was paid for by a candidate and was excluding GOP candidates from that office. Their right to do, they paid for the office, but at the same time, a bit unethical to call it a GOP office, if you ask me. Um, right. And, oh, and how could I forget this? Uh, our state treasurer who candidate who won the primary, who is now voting elsewhere and claiming residency here in our county, which was just a mess that not only you brought up, but I think uh, the chairman of the party on hiatus also kind of brought that to the attention of, of yes. uh, the powers that be. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, the good old boy network, the good old boy establishment network has a stranglehold on our party here in the in our county anyway. I think as I look around the state and you have a lot more contact with, I think, party heads around the state. Um, I don't think that's the case around the state. I see shifts, uh, especially up north. Um, but I think it's killing the party. It's killing our county party. Uh, they repeatedly say that the big the tent is big and that all ideas are welcome. But my observations have been that at the end of the day, groupthink is demanded of those uh, within the party, and that those with different yeah. ideas aren't heard, including yourself. I, as I like I said, as I've sat back with my popcorn and watched you work them over, you've you faced much the same. So tell us about your experience battling uh, against the party, battling against this this demand of party groupthink. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't my intent to battle them, right? <laughs> it's um, turned into that. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciate integrity and um, and honesty in in the groups, the communities um, that I'm involved in. So it was kind of shocking to me to realize that the GOP wasn't what I had envisioned it to be. Um, So Aaron and I, Aaron's my husband, um, Aaron and I got involved in the GOP um, back when a lot of the school board issues started in Burlington, uh, late 2019, 2020, I think. And, you know, I really felt like this was, you know, like, Trump Republicans, right? Or yeah. Patriot Republicans. Right. Um, but it it's really like a party of the obedience, you know, the the party of who will be the followers. So um yeah, the the first um oh, gosh, I don't even know if I can think back to all of the issues that we've had. Um but the most the most recent thing is that you know my membership dues for the Racine County GOP were returned to me along with a letter saying um, that my um, that my dues were being returned because of issues that I was causing in the county party by voicing my opinion. Um, well, you were you were calling but nothing in the letter stated. You were calling them out. You were. Not only should we be calling out corruption of the other side, but you were calling out corruption within our own party. Goes back to your integrity um, comment before, where you want to see integrity, and we should. It, it, that's the principle that we want to right. stand on, that they claim to stand on. We should uphold that. And you were just calling that out. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I, I mean, that's certainly how I feel. <laughs> well, I, I feel the same. That's from my vantage point. That's certainly what it looks like. You know, I'd like to see the integrity in our party that, that I would hope for and expect before we, you know, um, expect that from from another party or, or from the other side. I'm just claiming that I have a free a free membership for right now because nothing in the letter said that my membership was revoked. So just just returned to money. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I have a free membership for right now. Um but yeah, and then we can talk about the treasurer. Yes. We we have a treasurer running for statewide um a statewide uh race. Mm-hmm. He um, has been a resident off and on of Racine County for most of his life. He was evicted from a residence in 2006 in Milwaukee. I'm not really sure what that whole situation was, but he obviously wasn't living in Racine at that time. Right. And then in 2018, um, I believe he ran for office in Racine. Mm-hmm. But then in 2019... He got married and moved to Cottage Grove with his wife, right? Because it'd be kind of weird if he was still living with his mom. Yeah, right, right. In her well, basement it's... after he got married. <laughs> that would be a bad look if you're trying to run for office, I think. Right, right. <laughs> and and, and so, for reference, he... Cottage Grove is probably two hours or so away from Racine, where he was claiming to be living. Right, right. Dane County. So the belly of the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the and, People's Republic. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so he mo- he gets married, moves to Cottage Grove, continues voting by absentee ballot for all of 2019, all of 2020, all of 2021 mm-hmm. in Racine County while living in Cottage Grove. And if we go to Wisconsin State Statute 6.10, Section 2, I mean, it's spelled out pretty clearly that your residence is determined by where your family resides. Yeah, right. Um, and, and in Wisconsin, that it's a marital state, so that means you live with your wife. Um, if you're not living and, separately, then yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't have right. two separate addresses. He wasn't living you know, there's requirements, right? I know there's exceptions for college, uh, folks going to college, things like that, or, or long-term, I'm sure long-term overseas, um, work assignments or deployments in the military. I mean, that's, that's your home base. You're obviously living two different places, but your home base is wherever your address was, but this was, this is different. This is, he was married, moved in with his wife, decided that he still wanted to vote in Racine County. He was attending law school. Right. Right. Which is law school in Madison. Maybe the workaround, but it's, you know, at, at, you know, at best, this is shady. At worst, it's, well, we've got yeah. the most secure elections around, right? I mean, that's what we keep being told. But I mean, how can this go on? It's, that's a good question. <laughs> we should ask the Speaker of the Assembly. We, we should. <laughs> we should. That'd be a good question for him. Uh, I wonder uh, if our state treasurer lived in his district even. it's a good question (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to look that one up later (laughs) yeah it's just been 
uh, as I've watched things unfold. Now, I'm I'm admittedly like the last two years I've been a member of the Republican Party. I've been pretty much an independent my whole life. I voted all the spectrums. I, you know, I make no bones about that. I've I've mentioned that before. Um, but Trump got me into saying, okay, I need to pick a side. This is getting too serious. I've taken my eye off it way too long. Um, I need to pick a side. So, and obviously I wasn't going with the, the you know, the socialist Democrats. Um, we don't have a viable third party. I mean, I we've got the libertarians who might be the next closest thing and they're a distant third. They're not even close. Yeah. Um, but so I, I joined the party. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, like a neophyte. Okay. I've, I've been with the party for all of two minutes, but you know, in those two minutes, it's, I've observed everything that is probably why I didn't join a party to begin with. It's exactly. pissing matches. It's uh, just, people that keeping their stranglehold on power it's the the hypocrisy it's not it's not you know letting these new ideas come in that are badly needed they're badly Mm -hmm. needed um i I think the you know party as a whole those in it fine people meddling a lot of nice people but the end of the day it's you know they don't want to change anything and when things need to change and i think that's where um like what you've been trying to do within the party that, you know, kind of made our, our uh, county party chairman who just usurped it for himself while our real chairman's on the, on a hiatus here because he couldn't take it either. I mean, he's a Patriot guy. I think I, I really like him. Um, yeah. But I think he had to take yeah. a break just Richard. because all this. Yeah. Just yeah. because all this garbage. So, I mean, so it's, it's honestly, it's got me thinking. I know we've talked about it before. I've talked about it with Aaron. It's really got me thinking. It's like, do I, do I really want to, to um, kind of throw money at this again? Do I, re- I mean, I want to make you work for my vote. And I think you get into these parties and they think you automatically got to vote for them. Right. I mean, that's certainly how it feels. Um, or, or they give you a little bit of money for your school board rate. And then you're indentured <laughs> to their wishes, um, right? You know, or, or their demands. That's that's certainly not the way that we raised our children, and and I certainly, you know, that's not the way that I want to be treated. Um, yeah, yeah, so exactly. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with that um, at all. But I mean, like you were saying, there are some really amazing people who are members of the GOP. The problem really comes in with the board and the executive board. And I don't know if it's a lack of education from the RPW, the Republican Party of Wisconsin, in um, directing the county parties to how they should be like established and, and running. Um, but, but certainly Racine County is a dumpster fire as far as you know the Racine County GOP party goes. All right, so this group think I think has left the GOP at a crossroads. Or uh, as I look at it, they're really going down the same path as the Democrats because of it. I mean, the Democrats have sold out to this kind of socialist wing of their party, and and really, it's uh, even the sane ones are just kind of go and fall in line with this group think, right? Uh, and and I think for sure if the GOP keeps doing this, it's going to be to their detriment. Uh, they need to stand strong on conservative principles when they win in November. And to, in my mind, it's not a, it's not a 
if they win, it's a uh, uh, that they will win, but get out and vote. That's always my message. We can't just rely on that, that the de- Democrats have been awful. Uh, we still need to get out and vote and still need to change things up. But if they don't stand strong on conservative principles that they espouse, it come November when they win and more aptly when they're inaugurated in January, 2023, they will become irrelevant. They, it just, that's how it, how it is. People are tired of the party politics. They're tired of the pissing matches between the parties that leave the people forgotten about. Yep. I mean, they're risking a lot by not listening to the people. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing they're risking is the Patriot vote. I mean, they, we kind of touched on it before they, the Republicans, and you've heard it. I've heard it. They have, uh, they they think they have the market cornered on the conservative vote. They think they're owed that. I mean, uh, we've sat in, you know, how many meetings, how many kind of conservative meetings where we've listened to Republicans who have done marginally conservative things. I mean, marginally, like just enough yep. to to say they can throw around conservative and oh, I don't know, right. plaster it all over their campaign literature. Uh, with misleading pictures of Trump on it with themselves. Um, but how many times have we listened to that, to them say in meetings, well, us as conservatives, we have to do this. We have to do that. I, I think they're really risking if they don't tighten things up and actually do conservative things, they're risking the Patriot vote. They're, they're risking a true conservative vote. People are tired of it. What do you think? Well, speaking for myself, I mean, I'm absolutely sick and tired of it. Um, it feels like a complete manipulation. Um, you know, we're going to select the candidates that we want to be, you know, our our leaders. Um, and and whether it's just, you know, that they're they're funded by the party. And so, you know, that's why they take, you know, that's why they take first place. I don't really understand um, how it ha- how it seems to happen every single time, right? That the selected candidates are the ones who become the nominees, but it's it's at a point where there are a lot of these selected candidates that I'm not really okay voting for. And so, where does that leave where does that leave us patriots, right? I mean, I I'm not going to vote Democrat because I feel like they're even further removed from from my values than these, you know, selected Republicans. But at the same time, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of difference between the selected Republicans or the establishment Republicans or the Rhino Republicans, whatever you want to call them, and and the Democrats. Um, and so yeah. I'm really left, you know, feeling uh, betrayed and manipulated by my party. If yeah, I, I would. Uh, my party. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I mean, you think about it, right? They're um, selected is a great word because I I think we can go back to our state treasurer primary. I mean, one candidate was all over the state. We, you know, both of us, I think, talked to him several times. He was everywhere. The other candidate, the one who votes from wherever he wants and claims to live wherever he wants, I guess, and still gets to vote there. Um, Actually was running for, you know, the one running for treasurer. Somehow didn't do a thing. I didn't see any literature. I didn't see him out anywhere. Somehow doubled up what I would term probably the Patriot candidate. Right. Um, and yeah. I think that people are, yeah. And people are tired there. That's, we got to quit selecting 
people, right? I mean, and as voters, it's incumbent upon us to stop falling for these marketing gimmicks of the parties. But but I think yep. there's there's one thing, and I wish I could take credit for this, but I can't. It's a it's a Dan Bongino saying. It's uh, he said he says uh, you know most Republicans are actually Democrats, but no Democrats are actually a Republican. So it, we have what ends it. up being is yeah. yeah yeah we we end up with very few uh, true. I mean I think I think the ranks are growing, but right now it seems like we still have very few conservative Republicans. We have ones that espouse the values that sign up for the party platform, then do another thing when the, when push comes to shove. Um, And I think you put it, you hit the nail on the head. It leaves, leaves my confidence. You know, when I'm looking to, to uh, now it's shaking my confidence so much in, in like, I don't even look at, okay, who's the one that's got the loudest mouth out there because who's pushing them? Because if, if I, see who's pushing or promoting a certain candidate. And I know uh, they're not aligned with the, with the values, the the person pushing them. And you've got the, the, you know, the one out front just saying the right things. I'm not going to vote for them period. And I think, I I think we talked about this too. I think as I looked at our governor race, I mean, there was a candidate that I just wasn't going to vote for anymore just because, because that's certain same thing. I mean, you know what? Our legislature's red. I we I could deal with four more years of of gridlock in Madison. I does not matter to me. I we're not going to be overrun with stupid liberal ideas. There we could have we could easily take all the other state offices because I found you know there were probably a number of candidates I could vote for in in the key, especially in like the uh, attorney general. That's the only one, other one that probably really matters the most in our state outside of governor. I mean, Lieutenant governor's nice, but what do they do really? State treasurers, eh, whatever. Um, Secretary of state here has no real power because, you know, the legislature decided it was a better idea to, to create a corrupt board to oversee our elections. And we all know how that's gone here. I'm like, I, so I wouldn't have mattered to me if, okay, well, yeah, it would have been nice to have a conservative governor, but well, whatever you two can can keep fighting it out. Um, not worried about you know laws, liberal laws being put in place because I think outside of a couple areas, this is a very red state. Um, it's just we have two major cities that purple it up. Um, right. yep. So it's like if if you're not going to stand on principle, if I if if you're not going to, and all it would have been easy. All you have to do is denounce the person that came out and said it's her time to run. I'm talking about Rebecca Clayfish for those out there that. Yep. And Voss said, "You've you nobody else should run. It's it's going to be Rebecca, or no, you know, is our candidate." Well, no, you don't. That's you don't select my candidate for me. And right. now that exactly. I know you're behind her, I'm. You know what? No, uh, not after the campaign you ran here to to run. No, absolutely not. Couldn't oh do it. my gosh! Right? No, absolutely not. Um, and not you know not only that um, Robin Voss came in and endorsed her. But also to see, you know, the money that um, the Walker Clayfish, you know, administration yep. got, you know, where they got um, in their, you know, in their recall, in their reelection, the money that followed them, the fact that she couldn't campaign on her own. Um, I mean, there were very few times where we didn't see Scott Walker with her campaigning. So, right. right. Was she really campaigning on her own? 
platform or was she campaigning on his coattails? I don't know. I, that didn't sit well with me. Um, and then one thing that really irritated me about her was that whole line of, I'm a middle-class mom on a budget. Well, <laughs> are you? <laughs> guess what? I know what your net worth is. And if, if we're talking that's middle-class on a budget, then I live in a cardboard box and right. we can't afford anything. I mean, it, no, no, you're not middle-class. <laughs> if you're middle-class and I want to be middle-class. So, then. I mean, I think, <laughs> <laughs> touche, exactly. I think, I think median <laughs> income is like $64,000. Yep. Okay. Pretty sure that with a husband who's a lobbyist, that you're not making, yeah, that, that's my, that's my rant. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not, no. I'm not voting and, for a middle class mom on a budget who's not really on a budget. Right. With a, a you know, where you wonder the van and the uh, ad that she ran saying that, I wonder what junkyard that came out of. Cause there's no way that they'll have a, a car with 200,000 miles on it or whatever she said. Yeah. But they, they do right. these things. They, they they say these things that I'm this, I'm that, and then say, oh, by the way, uh, I'm conservative. I say I'm conservative, so that means I'm conservative. Um, so I have a right to the conservative mm-hmm. vote, and it's that's just not, you know, what I I see that it's it's becoming less and less the case. People are fed up with that. They don't want to be told who to vote for. They don't want their candidates selected. I think money is becoming less and less of an object right. in politics because people are tired of that. Um, and I think, you know, as we head into November, uh, you know, season here, where I'll be out and I'm sure you will yeah. be too out kind of listening to the candidates speak. And I feel that Absolutely. we probably have for the most part, some good candidate. I, we have at least for governor, Lieutenant governor candidates, I can vote for attorney general candidate. I can vote for. So you know, hopefully we push it in the right direction here with that. Um, and hopefully I don't hear from them that, uh, well, you know, the conservative vote, so, you know, along the lines of I deserve the conservative vote, right? Show me what you're going to do. Tell me what you're going to do. And then you better actually do it. Don't just tell me you deserve it because you're, you know, the letter next to your na- last name on the ballot. Right. Absolutely. So I'm I'm not committing to, at this point, I'm not committing to um, any candidates, I, I certainly would lean towards being able to vote for uh, Michaels for governor, uh, Roth for lieutenant governor, and Tony for um, attorney general. Yep. Um, but I'm going to continue to vet my candidates. Exactly. Um, I'm going to continue to ask questions, to, to listen to what they have to say, hear their responses, see the way that they respond to the people. I think, you know, we we have to see that they're, you know, getting out and connecting with constituents and not just, you know, buying the vote through, you know, advertising too. That's that's a big one for me. But but then there there are a couple candidates that I don't see myself being able to vote for right. um, outside of Robin Boss. I mean, I will not ever vote for that man again. So, um yeah, I, I- that's the key, right? It's still vet the candidates. I mean, I'm I'm saying I can vote for them, right? I, I, there's candidates that, can, yep. but they they've got three months to to earn that vote. Uh, it's not you know necessarily I'm going to hand it over. Mm. Candidates have I, three I months. Think. I'm pretty certain. I think at this point, from what I've seen from Michaels, 
uh, comfortable there, but you know, there's others, Tony, I've, you know, I've known him. So he's, he's certainly there too, but uh, always vet the candidates no matter what. Yep. Just to, to make sure, right. Because it's still, we still got three months. We got just under three months to November. Yep. Candidates to have three months to continue think, to prove themselves. Exactly. I think you really nailed it, Ryan, with saying um, that they need to earn our votes. I feel like what happens is, um, especially post primary, right? We hear from the party, um, well, now we all need to unify. You know, we all need to vote in, you know, these Republican candidates. Well, I think I'm kind of over being backed into a corner. Right. And being told you have to do something. I mean, I'm not really one to do something because I'm told I have to do it anyway. <laughs> um, it's just not my MO. I've, I've, um, I've noticed that. I've noticed that you about you. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would probably say the same thing. <laughs> she, she was a pain as a child because she just wouldn't do what we told her to do. Um, if it made sense to me, then, you know, then I would go ahead and, and do it. But I, I want I want to know that um, and I'm, I'm not talking like me as an individual person, right? Like I don't need to be best friends with Michaels or Rob right. or, or Tony right. or any of the other candidates, but you need to earn my vote as a constituent of the state of Wisconsin or the 63rd assembly i need to hear that you're speaking things that um resonate with me with our lifestyle you know with our with our values i want to hear that you know you're that you're proud to be an american right right yeah like let's let's make sure that our country continues to go i mean that it goes in the right direction, right? I feel like we're really going in the wrong direction at the moment. So like we need to change direction and really focus on our, on our state. Too. Yeah. I, I think the values thing, that's, that's huge, right? Because as we've been talking, right, there's uh, been talking about here, there's, we see it on the campaign trail, right? There's saying we're the, we're principled there. Here's our principles. We've got to stand on principles. Here's our values. It all sounds good. Okay. That, that lines up. And then they get in office and do something totally different. Um, the important thing too, is I think you touched on it before Adrian, that you've got to find out who, who is backing them, right? What, 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 uh, corporations yep. are, are buried deep in the campaign, finance reports that nobody looks at or nobody thinks they maybe they don't even know it exists but i've always said it's kind of half jokingly but it's it's true i think i i think that politicians should their sport coats should look like nascars i want to see who's sponsoring them because i actually really love that (laughs) (laughs) it should be a rule because that way just make it easy for us Okay, well, sorry, Pfizer. Mm-hmm. No, no, not voting for you. You got the no. Pfizer patch on. No, thank you. No. <laughs> I know where that goes, no. <laughs> but they and you need to, and you need two Pfizer patches if you're invested in stocks in Pfizer and if they support you financially, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then it's a double no. <laughs> and and I as I say that I'm sure one of my 
my investments for my retirement funds probably got Pfizer stock in it, but <laughs> I'm not running for office, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, See, they think that they that we owe that they're owed. I, I mean, uh, back up because we we're at the county fair, and I think I stopped in where you, when you guys were working the booth. Yep. And I, I asked you if you heard because the the ad that Voss had put over the loudspeaker at the the uh, county fair said that he. You know, he deserves our vote. No, he doesn't. He he needs to earn our vote. I don't care how long any politician's been in. They still need to earn our vote. They still work for us. And if your values don't align, yep. then I'm not going to vote for you, period. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I'm, I mean, I, would, I think that we can both agree that having children radically changes your life, right? And, yes, and mostly in really amazing good ways and you become a less selfish person and you take into consideration whether by choice or by force kind of right like you have this <laughs> sometimes yeah, by force and, sometimes you know to raise up <laughs> yeah um but if you don't have children and you've never crossed that bridge I, I think it's really hard to be able to represent anyone other than yourself. Yep. And the longer that you're in politics, the more entrenched you become in that, right? Especially if you don't ever have children. And so that's, I think that's part of what we're looking at. When it shows in the way you govern. I mean, it, because you're right, yep. children changes your worldview. You, you're all of a sudden going, think, going from thinking, well, you know, uh, I got to do this for me. It's all about me. What do we hear from Voss all the time? We hear so much about what the Democrats are doing and what he wants to prevent them from doing and not enough about mm -hmm. Wisconsinites first, about Assembly District 63 first. It's just the Democrats are doing this and that, and I don't care what the Democrats are doing. I want to know what you're doing to put policy in place that makes our life, district, state, whatever better, and that makes it so my kids are going to grow up, because this is the kids' tie-in here now, that my kids are going exactly. to grow up and have a country that is as good or better than what I had. And that's not the case right now. It, no. The principles just go out the window. And it's, you know, because if you don't have kids, you're not, you don't have that, that future thinking mentality. Like the founding fathers looked to the future. And I'm sure most, if not all of them had kids, right? So that helps. But it, right. if you don't have any kind of any next generation of your branch of your family, then you're not looking long-term. Right. Right. I mean, you have nothing to plan for in in the future. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's, it's like, um, it, it's just unbelievable sometimes. And, and we, and again, it's, 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 it's a two-way street. It's, it's us as voters. We need to be more informed period. You know, we're we're just as culpable here because we're the ones that let them off the hook, let the politicians off the hook, and they say one thing and do another in in Madison or D.C. or you know maybe even at your municipal right. level, and then it comes time to vote again, and they're you know silver tongued all of a sudden, and we fall for the trap instead of vetting them yep. out and holding them accountable while they're in office. So it's a two-way street. It's, it's partially our problem. That's, and we have to take responsibility of that if we're going to be self-governing people. Yeah, absolutely. So just, a, just a little like, you know, quick 
background, my, you know, my grandpa was a World War II veteran. Uh, he was mm-hmm. part of the atomic uh, testing in Bikini um, Atoll, Bikini Bay, or Bikini Island. I, I forget what, yep. Um, yep. you know, what they call mm-hmm. it. But um, so, you know, my my family has been fairly patriotic, you know, and so I've always voted. Right, voting has been very important to me. You know, we we had kids fairly young, and you kind of get entrenched in in raising your kids. And I certainly didn't do my due diligence in yep. vetting candidates. You know, you'd go to the polls and, oh, you know, like I heard so-and-so's name, you know, but we're kind of at a precipice, I think, in our state and in our country where we really can't afford to be lazy voters anymore. Right. And I'm, I'm talking about myself, too, because, again, like we were saying, there are so many re- Republicans who, I mean, if if you compare them to the Democrats, you really can't tell the difference. You know, their their mannerisms, their opinions. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, I feel it's really unfortunate, but it kind of leaves, kind of leaves it back up to us, the people, and we're in a position where, I mean, like we were saying earlier you have to earn my vote and I'm not, I'm not going to be backed into a corner manipulated into voting for somebody because they are the selected candidate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, and that that's a perfect lead into kind of my, my next topic here, I think is uh, just that truthfully we have a uniparty, right? It's they're in cahoots They're They do what they can to make themselves seem different, but at the end of the day, especially at the upper ranks, the, the, commonality is the same they're both just looking to hold on to their power they you know in front of us kind of battle and and say they're different but behind the scenes if you watch you know actions speak louder than words they do different things and i think or they they do you know things that are are uh counter to what they told us they were going to do i I think what we've seen is the republican party has moved left and i'd like to to see what you think about this statement uh, that I'm going to make here, I guess. But, and because of that, I think what you'll see is you'll see the modern Democrat party go away. It's, it's a socialist party at this point. It'll fade into irrelevance. I think Americans do not like socialism, the media and everything, every other outlet, social media, whoever wants us to think that, Oh, we're a socialist country. Now we want this. We don't. That's um, not in our no. DNA as Americans. Uh, group think has ruined the Democrat party. They've, they bought into something, some Marxist garbage that uh, it just isn't going to fly here. People see it. They've woken up. They're going to rebel against it. But what we've seen is the Democrat Party for years has dragged the Republican Party to the left because they've been spineless. They don't stand on the principles they say they stand on. And mm-hmm. because of that, Republicans have moved to the center to or center left on some issues, depending what it is, which I think is leading to the 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 splintering of the party that we've seen. We have a patriot wing now that is, I would say, the truly conservative, right? They're the America first. And that's even, you talk to some Republicans, that's dirty to some Republicans even. Just look how they vote to uh, send all kinds of money to Ukraine, right? They Fiscal uh, conservatism, but 
Uh, oh, well, oh, like, yeah, let's send $40 billion to Ukraine. Oh, another Ukraine bill? Yeah, I'm going to vote for that. So it, it's ridiculous to to think yep. that they're a conservative party. They're not. They've moved to the center, to center left on some issues, um, which I think is is why you have this loud patriot wing that says it's America first. Why are we not? And it should be. We elect you to look out for oh, us, not yeah. Ukraine, not wherever else you want to send money to launder it back into your own pockets. And I think what we'll see then, because we've right. got the Democrats who are, they're going to be irrelevant. Let's let's be honest. As a modern party, they're going to be irrelevant. You're going to see the the moderate, the, the sane ones jump to the Republicans because they've moved to the left. And I think what you'll see, it's not going to be immediate, but you'll have this patriot wing, patriot wing now that says enough of the establishment and they finally get organized and do their own thing. So interested in what you think about that. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, I kind of see that happening currently. I mean, we're we're at this cross in the road, right, where the the Republican Party is really losing their constituent base. You know, you still have the, you know, the establishment uh, GOP followers. Um, but I think we've seen pretty clearly that, you know, the Patriot wing, like you said, is, um, I would say pretty, pretty evenly matched in, in numbers to, to the establishment, but you have, you have the elected, selected, uh, and like the, the GOP party boards, right. Who, who are that establishment republicans where um i think that there is you know a bigger movement in the people to go to that patriot um to that patriot wing and i forgot what else you were <laughs> what else oh, just just that the, the i think i think what you'll see is is republican the republican party basically they'll they'll replace that the democrats as that center left if you will um party I mean, it, 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 to me, I look at it like the you look at what the Republican Party was founded on conservative principle, kind of fighting against the injustices of the day. And over the years, they've eroded the principle. They've kind of kept moving left. Right. And, and I, I'm yeah. pretty moderate, you know, for the most part. Right. I wouldn't say I'm a, a, a far writer by any means. You know, what makes sense? Let's do things that make sense. And if there's an idea right. from a yeah, sensible absolutely. Democrat on the left that makes sense and is, is you know, relatively conservative, or it's going to have a broad, uh, a broad um, positive impact, okay, let's do it. Fine. I'm not that way because we all have to live here. We have to all have to right. buy into our town. So it's those ideas that we need from both sides to bring people together. So I'm not far right by any means, but I think what you've seen is Republicans shift left over the years to where it's not even, they, they don't even stand on the conservative principles. Some of them. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say that that's, you know, that that's spot on. I mean, like we've, we've seen that in our, you know, in our County parties, we've seen that. Well, I mean, in Racine County party specifically, because that's the one that, you know, I've actually been involved in. Um, You know, we've heard some stories from, you know, other county parties across the state, you know, the, whether they're, whether they're illegal or, um, you know, allowed by the constitution or bylaws of the county parties, we're seeing a lot of things that just kind of feel unethical, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. Like the fact that I, I believe it's Portage County where Patrick Teston's wife was the county chairwoman. And, and she was really like manipulating, you know, what kind of uh, campaigning could go on uh, with the county party. We see, you know, in Racine County, Michelle Voss, who is Robin Voss's third wife. Is that really like ethical to have her as the treasurer of the Racine County GOP when he's running for office? You know, and then we see, you know, if, if somebody wants to come in and run against him, like we had with with Adam Steen, right, in America yep. First right. candidate, right. she has complete control of the money that goes in and out of the GOP, despite the fact that, you know, Adam Steen is a GOP member, a right. Racine County GOP member. They can just, you know, completely keep him out of any party support, any party funding, um, any, any like, you know, state party funding. Um, I mean, we saw, we saw the horrible mailers that went out. Um, from the state party. Yeah. From, from the state party. party. Yes, exactly. In kind donations. Yep. Yep. I mean, like that just absolutely boggled my mind because you know, at convention, it was, you know, we don't get involved in campaigns right. before the primaries unless it's an endorsed, an endorsed statewide candidate, which also yep. kind of loops us back to uh, the treasurer's race where Orlando right. Owens was the only statewide candidate to be endorsed at convention. I mean, other than yep. other than Ron Johnson. Um Right. And oh. I didn't see any mailers from the state party for Orlando, but I got, I don't know, half a dozen from the state party in kind donations to Robin Voss's campaign. Yes. I, th that's the kind of stuff that makes people look at it and say, why would I even bother? You're not doing what you said you were going to do. This wasn't a statewide exactly. race yet. They had inserted themselves with these just lies, outright lies on these mailers about Adam. Yep. Yep. attacking Adam. And then that's, you know, kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. That's the kind of stuff that makes me lose respect. And you will absolutely lose my vote that way forever. Yes. I, I said yep. forever will not vote for anybody yep. associated with Voss that he's pushing or him ever again, yep. because of that campaign, yep. stick to the issues. Yep. I, I might've been able to hold my nose now. Right. Forget it. It sounds like the Democrats might get someone to write in against him. So, you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, I'll still be writing at him. Yeah, me too. Race. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Regardless. So, I mean, hopefully um, the people of the 63rd district here can con convince him to uh, do an official write-in campaign, which yeah. is really phenomenal. Oh, well, I'll, uh, um, I'll have to go twist his arm, maybe. I still got his sign up in my yard, so I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we still have his signs up in our yard as well. Um <laughs> I mean, if if you want to talk, like let's talk, let's talk a quality candidate for a minute, and we, we can talk other right. quality candidates too. But I mean, Adam Seen is the all-American patriot, family man, God-first candidate that everybody should be scrambling to vote for, right? Right. Um, and he, I mean, he's talked pretty endlessly about 
how if we talk about, I think he says if we talk about policy versus politics, then yep. we, you know, we have so much more common ground. And I just, yes. I love that because just because we don't see eye to eye with somebody on a topic doesn't mean that we can't discuss policy with them. Right. Right. It doesn't have right. to turn into this big political conversation, but I don't know. I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the spell is that Robin has. Over yeah. I, people. I don't know either. But, yeah. It, it was interesting because it's, it was the closest he had ever come to losing a race. And you talk about quality candidates, right? And this, you, you, you know, for the, yeah, the listeners out there, Outside of Wisconsin, I mean, I've had a, a number of listeners in Wisconsin and chat groups were talking about it. But, you know, outside of, of Wisconsin here, you know, let's just think about that statement Adrian made for a minute about just quality candidates. Right. Who are who who should we be looking for in a candidate? One like Adam Steen. God first. I think it was like God first, family second. And then he was worried about his campaign. Yeah. And then he's worried about America. Right. He, he had the first two priorities in order and then. You know, third on the list was was the campaign, and he almost came. You know, he came within 260 votes of unseating a almost 20 year incumbent. Which I think, if we would have went back and looked at our ballots, we would have been uh, maybe better off because the ballots were really confusing for our primary. They really should add separate ballots. So yeah, I mean, Adam, I, you know, we're looking at the um, at the uh, results. And knowing, because I worked the polls, knowing how many ballots were just not filled out because that race was on the backside. I mean, how many votes did he lose out because people just didn't flip the ballot over? It was a really confusing ballot where we have a, a, par, a primary where you can't cross over. Most states do two separate, three separate, four separate ballots for that sort of thing. Here, it's like, well... Because the Democrats won the last governor election, they get the first slot. So that means all the Republican races from that aren't statewide basically go to the back of the ballot, where many people then flip it over to look. Yeah, I had I had um, a little bit of an issue when I went to um, vote because uh, my absentee ballot had been requested. But I wasn't voting by absentee ballot, so it it took a minute to like get things uh, straightened out. But um, if it hadn't been for that, and I hadn't been paying attention, you know, like looking around me, they never said anything about the fact, you know, that like there was more on the back that you need to flip over the ballot to finish. I mean, and I knew that I was looking for the Boss Steen race as yep. well. Um, but I think there were. What were there two or three races maybe on the back for the Republican yep. ballot? Um, and one of them was for sheriff and it was an uncontested race. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a good deal of people who probably just missed that altogether. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a very weird it was a very weird ballot for all the years that like I've been voting, it, it seemed, it seemed unusual for sure. Um, it was also interesting that we had, what was there? 25% reporting. Um, and Adam was up and then all yep. of a sudden everything froze. And it was about an hour later, 
that everything came like came back online or the count came back online and and then uh Voss was winning by 260 votes and I think it just stayed there right yeah it's it ended up being 260 votes yeah so that was really I mean I felt like that was really weird too yeah and and we don't have a central count you know that's always the excuse they use it's well it's a central count you know, still tabulating votes or whatever. We it's a it's a district race. We don't have a central count. We're not a big metro area, right? Um, there, you know, generally speaking, um, there shouldn't be any pauses. You should be getting you know results fairly continuously. I know each each you know I kind of worked the polls for the first time, so kind of saw the inner workings. Right, it went fairly smooth from from where I was uh, working, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, it's it, we're not talking about thousands of votes in these municipalities around here. We're we're pretty much a rural district for the most part. Yep. Um. So it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal where you'd see a pause and then all of a sudden a jump, right? It should be right. Uh, uh, pretty free flowing. It should say, okay, a pretty steady, you know, increase. And then, uh, you know, there's like you said, there was the stop, right? I've as I've been reading, that seems to be the big the big uh, kind of topic of the day here is why was there a, a pause in the, in the, you know, tabulation in the counts. So I, I'm sure there's uh, the optimist in me says there's got to be some sort of reasonable explanation for that, but questions should be asked still of why would did that happen? It could be something as simple as, Hey, the, you know, when the municipalities had issue transmitting or calling in or, had to rectify counts or whatever, right? Well, right. make that known. Let's be transparent here, right? Yep. Let's not yep. because that's what gets people asking these questions and and wondering. And then you you come and you, and then the politicians come and talk to us and start complaining about how come you know we can't move on from it. Well, you never gave us a satisfactory answer, right? And right. I mean, if there's can... a reasonable answer, fine. But exactly. I mean, and we could take that all the way back to 2020. I think I think yep. people are more on edge right now like regardless because we haven't seen um any good remedies from right. the 2020 election yet we just keep being told you know oh, we just have to i mean in wisconsin we're just you know being told oh we have to elect a, a conservative governor and a conservative attorney general right i think those right. are the two that they've yep. really been they've really been stressing and yep. yeah but if if you if you look at the way the powers of the legislative body, you know, work, I would argue that, you know, the assembly speaker right now holds as much power as the governor. So why aren't yeah. we focusing on that race too? And clearly the speaker of the assembly is not serving his constituents. I mean, he has, he has multiple people that we know blocked entirely right you know from from his you know campaign pages and uh and social media um so that that's not transparent either no not not at all and i i think it's and this kind of i think leads into our kind of last topic really well here is we've got uh getting back on the topic of the patriot wing right and yes and i think what we saw in in our especially in our district race here. And I think we're seeing it across, across the nation. I think 
you look at what happened in Wyoming last night with Liz yes. Cheney just going down in spectacular Fair. fashion. I, yes. That was like the Hindenburg going down there. I mean, yeah. she what, she got like doubled up, I think. I mean, it yeah. wasn't even close, but no. the poll said it wasn't going to be close. And kind of sidebar here, and, and th- this is how uh, just out of touch and uh, these people are. She thinks she's going to make a president run now. She's going to move to Virginia and <laughs> think she's going to run for president. Well, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this about Voss. At least he knows that he has no chance at winning a statewide race. Right. So, so he's been happy to, to, to stay in the assembly and, and be the longest serving speaker and not do what the people want him to do for 20 years. I'd say like maybe the last 10. I think when he first got in, I think he was fine. I think as he's done what every politician does is they sit in office way too long. They get way too worried about getting reelected instead of putting forth good policy. But yep. yeah, that's a sidebar, but it was spectacular to see that Liz Cheney go down, but kind of gets back to the point of the Patriot movement is going the, the America first movement is showing is gaining steam. We're not, it's not going to slow down. We nope. kind of talked about it before it's, we saw it in our race that the Patriots were neck and neck with the establishment. Yep. But what the Patriots need to do is we need to coordinate better. Now we saw in our, our state primary here, uh, we had, we had some offices that had multiple candidates with uh, Patriot candidates that had the same basic platform. And, and all they did was they, they split the vote. I think our right. Lieutenant governor race comes to mind. We had like what, eight people running eight. in that thing. Eight. Yeah. For for an office that does nothing, and and we had several patriot, uh, patriot candidates running, and they split the vote. And when I go back and look at the vote, if if we got the patriots together, we picked the best candidate. Who's got the best chance to win? Put all of our 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 uh, muscle behind them. Yep, they would have won. The votes were right. there between the three or four patriot candidates that ran in the lieutenant governor race here. That if we would have picked one got behind them, they would have been the, uh, the, the nominee on the Republican side. No, not, you know, Roger Roth, uh, if, you know, I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, I know when I was at, uh, and Aaron mentioned it too, um, when we were at the GOP dinner, he, he mentioned what a big pain in Voss's ass he was. So that was good. <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, that's, I like that. that's why I said I can, I could vote for him. Now he's going to have to go out and, and earn that. Right. But yep. I can, he's at least someone I could vote for. I can see myself winning for, but it, we we what the patriots need to do now is we need that coordination it's it's okay who really has the best chance to win who are we going to get behind let's let's go ahead and and get them uh, elected right and start changing you know some more things out here and and start changing over this establishment and start putting new ideas in our government yeah absolutely one one of the things that i that I feel like is one of the the biggest stumbling blocks to Patriots too, is um, the campaign finance. Yes. So you have, you have races. Goodness. I mean, what are, what are we looking at? Michael's Michael's has spent around $9 million. I think 12, 12. 12. Oh my God. That's what I read. And I think Rebecca has spent, like seven million maybe on her race. I think that's yep. what I had heard. And then yep. you have Timothy Rampton, who 
rock solid candidate, right? I mean, he yep. has he has put in the blood, sweat, and tears over the last twenty months to just you know pursue election integrity, mm-hmm. and and you're you're talking one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, I think. And and I think that he he ran an incredible campaign on that. But how can you compete? How right. can you compete with that? The other thing is when you have candidates who have two thirds of their funding that are coming from special interests and yep. committee donations. How do we the people compete with that? They're they're definitely not going to be concerned about our interests are representing us when the majority of their funding is coming from special interests. Like something has to be done about that. Right. 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 No, 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 it absolutely does. I, I think I've said on this, on the show before here, I know, I think we've talked about, I talked about it with Aaron. Um, What, I what need and I every time I've brought this up, I've brought this up to Voss a couple of times and he's quickly changed the topic, the subject on me and gave me some line of political BS as to why, well, we can't, we need this, the money, blah, blah, blah. Money for whatever office you're running for should come from that jurisdiction. So in the case of the 63rd district, all donations should come from people in the 63rd district, not special interests from outside the district, the state, wherever. Yep. Yep. If you're running for a statewide office, okay, you can take from the state, but we've got to get the the PACs out. Yes. No PAC money. Yep. We need to limit, you know, the parties fine but i even that i think we should limit because companies and pacs donate heavily to the parties right and, and put them on the hook the parties on the hook for whatever interest whoever you know john donor was that gave him a ton of money right you yep. need to get the money out of it put yep. everybody on equal footing now exactly. if someone can self fund like michaels fine you're not you're never going to compete with a self funder but yep. if they want to blow twelve million dollars plus on their own campaign, that's their that's their prerogative. Fine. I mean, we had Alex Lazary, who spent fourteen million dollars of his trust fund and then just dropped out of the Democrat Senate race. So I mean, whoa! I did not yeah. realize that. <laughs> oh, he, wow! Yeah, he Thanks spent for a ton of money. Tidbit with me. Wow. Yeah. No. It, I mean, so if you want to spend your own money, fine, do it, but. The donations that come into the campaigns need to come from the jurisdiction in which you're running for, period. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's very reasonable. And and being able to make the connection with the people in your district, right? Like you and Aaron were yep. just incredible. I mean, like both of you absolutely floored me. Same same with Adam. Adam Steen out knocking doors virtually every single day, you know, for whatever period of time. I mean, the fact is that you were, you were doing it every day, doing it repetitive, repetitively. You and Aaron were doing it in the nasty, horrible cold weather, you know, (laughs) Adam's doing it in the, you know, like the middle of the summer heat. I mean, we, we saw in, in feedback, you know, from people, 
who were like, oh my gosh, you know, I've never even had a school board member or, you know, sorry, somebody who's running for school board knock on my door. Right. Well, if you're looking to represent the people of that district or that, you know, that school district, shouldn't that be your first priority? And if you don't have all that, all that special interest money, then you might be a little more motivated to get out and, you know, knock the doors and make the connections with the people. That's- right. Uh, you'd be more apt to listen to them for sure. Whether you knock right. on doors or not. I mean, you're not beholden then to whatever corporate PAC donated the max amount to your campaign allowable. And then it opens up, you start doing that. It opens up more opportunity for those Patriot candidates. There's more equal footing. Truthfully, it might open up to somebody who sees the campaign funding as a stumbling block and just won't run. And they'd be a fantastic candidate. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's an excellent, an excellent point. I mean, it was a discussion that, you know, we had in our house when Aaron was, you know, considering running, running for school board. It's just, just an unfortunate state of affairs right now. Yeah. I mean, it's one, one thing at a time. I mean, I think if we can start uh, getting these Patriots, these America first candidates out front and, you start getting the high profile. Like Adam got endorsed by Trump. Unfortunately, it was like a week before the primary Yep. Um, that he received that endorsement, but he still received that endorsement, right? So I think if you, you start getting that, and I'm not big on endorse. I don't care who endorses who outside of now. I just look at it to see, okay, who don't I want to vote for based on that endorsement? Because that tells me all I need to know about the mindset of that person being endorsed. You but, and me both. Uh, (laughs) I think if you got someone like Trump, who's carries a lot of political weight, people see that endorsement. I think that's a huge thing. And um, I think it can help bridge the gap right now. And in terms of Patriot candidates or good people who want to stand up and, and do something and see money as a barrier to if they can maybe work towards that kind of, you know, not everybody's going to get the Trump endorsement, right? But, but kind of get right. some sort of, of well-known endorsement or exposure that can help bring some of the money in. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's like I said, kind of earlier, the money is not the end all be all this time. Right. Uh, you know, I yep. think in our, our current times, our current political climate, because people are just so fed up with the politics as usual, but you do probably need more than the what would you say? Rampton got 175,000. I think you probably need a little bit more than that when you're going up against million dollar machines. Well, Michael's self-funded, but you know, Clayfish had the, the uh, PAC money coming in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for a state, for a statewide race, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to meet everybody face to face, right? Like in a district, you might be able to, like really apply yourself and, you know, hit most of the doors. I don't even know. Maybe that's unreasonable because, you know, what, 59, 60,000 people in a district, but definitely statewide, you know, you need to get your face in front of people, you know, whether it's through mailers or um, a commercial, but I don't know. Lots, lots of things to, to consider and to be to be looking at. Adam didn't get, you know, the Trump endorsement because 
he had oodles and noodles of money coming in. He got the Trump endorsement right. because he worked his butt off. Um, and he yep. he deserved that for working so hard, right? Not that not that he like deserves any special treatment. But uh, and I and I completely agree with you that um, endorsements really don't mean anything to me other than yeah to point out who not to vote for right right and, yeah that that's part of it and and i do think i do think the one thing that a trump endorsement does is it helps to point out the candidate that might lean more patriot right yep i, I don't think that's i don't think that's just a, a blanket you know he's got all of the perfectly right candidates we again still need to be vetting them for ourselves right bottom line um yep but but maybe you'll you know maybe in general you look a little bit closer at a candidate you know either because of an endorsement or you know like we have said multiple times now you go oh well this person just endorsed them and i really don't like what this person has done or you know what i've seen them say or do so why did they endorse that candidate and should i be concerned about this candidate that i was leaning towards right yeah and i think in that respect if you as a candidate know that i i I think behind the scenes you've got to say hey look don't endorse me right because there are going to be people that look at that and i might agree you know with a good portion of that person's platform, but at the same time, it's like, well, I see the ties, and I know if you're getting that endorsement, that's going to mean you owe favors. There's there's some people that give their endorsement freely, right? Some, and that's fine. But there's a lot of others that give an endorsement and are going to expect obedience and favors in return. And you'll start to know those who those people are, those politicians are, and you start to shy away from those people they endorse, which you know, might be a bad thing in the end because they might be a decent candidate, but at the same time, it's like, I know you're going to end up owing a favor or two. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or are you going to be beholden to the person that's endorsing you and, you know, to their, to their ideological whims. Right. Right. Um, Yep. As an example, you know, Walker and Clayfish, um, both signed on to um, the Coke uh, pledge. It, it was uh, some kind of a climate change tax pledge where basically they both had to pledge that they would not sign any new tax laws or tax bills into law unless, oh, sorry, I got that wrong they would not sign any like climate change bills, like anything that would affect, you know, climate change and might affect the, the tax levels, tax brackets for, for businesses, unless it also came with like tax benefits for those companies. Right. It's, it's kind of like bizarre, but anyway, and I probably didn't explain it very well either. So I, I apologize for that. But that's one of those things where, like, alarm bells should go off for everybody. Like, right. wait, I have to sign a pledge with you in order for you to back me? 
I don't think so. Like that that doesn't that doesn't go over well with me. It's major alarms. I mean, yes. why why is private enterprise going to politicians and saying sign this pledge and we'll back you. We'll we'll put our PAC funding behind you. We'll donate directly to your campaign up to the maximum amount, whatever the case may be. Or we, the up. people, should be asking what's going on. And it just shows the need to say, get all the corporate money and the private money out of out of our system, out of our political campaigns and fund it by the, you know, have the people are the ones that fund it within whatever jurisdiction. Absolutely. Yep. I I fully agree with that. Yeah, well, I'd like to thank you, Adrian, for joining me today. It's been a, a great uh, a great conversation. I think yeah. we've uh, run the gamut here of, of uh, the Republican Party and what they need to do, what they should do. And I think for the listeners out there, what to look for, right? I think how do we get more in, informed, I think, was not something I was intending to come out of our conversation today, but I think it did because it just naturally led there. And it's important. Yeah, you, We have to yeah. vet these candidates. So thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you we'll, so we'll much have you back on again, me. I think. That, that would be fantastic. I, yeah. Thank you for having me. And if anybody, um, if any of your listeners don't know how to uh, vet candidates, well, I know that you are a wealth of information for, you know, all things campaign related, especially after having run your own campaign. So definitely reach out to Ryan and ask, you know, any questions if you're looking for uh, pointers on how to vet candidates. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Before I close today's show, I have a couple of small asks. We've been growing because the Living with Liberty Army has been sharing the show with family, friends on their social media accounts, wherever you see an opportunity to spread the truth. I do truly appreciate that. Word of mouth is the best way for independent creators like myself to get the word out. Please continue sharing the show with anyone you know who is looking for outside the mainstream content and perspectives or just needs to hear the message of liberty, or just needs to hear a reassurance that they are not alone in their thinking. Also, if you are listening to the audio-only show and your platform allows for reviews, please give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show. And if you are viewing on Rumble or YouTube, hit the Rumble or Thumbs Up button. This amounts to a five-star rating on these platforms and helps us get into the recommendations. No matter the platform, be sure to hit that subscribe button. It alerts you to when new shows are posted and is another mechanism to help us get into the recommendations and to help spread the truth. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for tuning in and special thanks to Adrienne for joining today's show. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. 
please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor. My handle is at livingwithliberty. You can also email me. The address is ryan at livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.